There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Friday, November 18th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download Podcast, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we talk about what happens when you need to go, and there really isn't anywhere to go. There were only five public restrooms in D.C. That's WTOP's Abigail Constantino, who's been covering this issue along with the broader stigma surrounding it and the growing movement to encourage more people to have open conversations about going to the bathroom. Oh my gosh, what could be more important than talking about poo? Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan Clarity is off today. Yep, we are talking about it. Why? Partly because it's one of those things that people rarely discuss, even though it's literally the most common experience shared by everyone. But the main reason we're talking about poop is because WTOP digital writer Abigail Constantino, known around the newsroom for her off-the-beaten-path and awesome stories, she published a piece on, well, shit. And more specifically, whether the district provides enough public toilets. Abigail, thanks for being here. Hi, Luke. Thanks for having me. So let's start off with the elephant in the room, which is this stigma around this topic, you know, uh, going to the restroom, number two, whatever you want to call it. Some people might think that stigma is good because they're like, wow, poop is gross. I don't want to talk about it. But you talked to two people, Jessica Heinzelman with the Throne Labs and Sean Schaffner at the Poop Project, an acronym which we'll discuss later. Why do these two people really care about this subject? Let's start with Sean Schaffner. So Sean Schaffner is the founder of The Poop Project, which is the people's own organic power. He started Poop Project because as a child, he had anxiety over going to the bathroom outside of his home. It's a little embarrassing to say, but if I was a constipated child, I was a kid who held it in, um, who felt embarrassed to go outside of the house and who, you know, created a lot of discomfort for myself (laughs) because of that. But when he became an adult and was an actor touring with the Backyardigans, he was worried that it was going to be an issue Mm. because he would be sharing uh, like a dressing room uh, or a small space with his colleagues. So he wanted to make a poop positive space. So I just told everyone our first day out of town um, in York, Pennsylvania, before we took the show on the road, saying like, you know, in just a few minutes, I'm going to walk past that door that's uh and just on the other side of that wall is the bathroom and i'm gonna poop and you might hear something or it might smell um but that's that's life you know and uh and and this is going to be a poop positive space so when people need to go we're we're gonna go okay and everyone was sort of like oh okay he actually said that you know people have come up to him telling him that you know hey i I I talked to somebody and I told them I'm going to the bathroom. So they said, no, you don't understand what a big deal this is. There's a bathroom inside my room and I'm sharing that room with someone I don't know. And for me to to be in that bathroom, you know, again, making sounds, making smells and not caring whether the other person who's just a wall away, a thin wall away, 
cares or not. That's a that's kind of radical. There are a lot of people who have some issue because it's such a, a taboo topic about like, going to the bathroom. Right, like real deep-seated anxiety. There's more than we know, but we know because we're just we just don't talk about it. Right. And so I wonder, you know, during Sean's, you know, work with his poop project, you know, has he learned why this stigma really exists? It stems from the Victorian era, he said, and what he called um, a prudency that's associated with it. Mm. And, you know, and if you read history through those times or what we perceive what the Victorian era is, it has a lot to do with what's proper behavior, what's polite conversation. And, you know, going to the bathroom is not one of those conversations that you are supposed to have in polite society. Mm, It sounds like there was a real sense of shame that was solidified during that time. And it's shame around a topic that, you know, is, I guess, kind of taboo. It also is connected to health. I mean, it's like a literal thing human biology needs to do, like, quite daily, quite frequently. And so having anxiety around even your own body's health can can really be an issue. Moving, again, from this kind of theory of, you know, going to the restroom and why it's stigmatized to the real on-the-ground implementation of it and what our environment here in the D.C. area is like, you talk to Jessica Heinzelman at Throne Labs, and that's a startup that's really trying to increase the number of public restrooms here in D.C. How many public restrooms exist now, and did she say whether there are enough? So back in 2015, 2016, the People for Fairness Coalition did a study on um, public restrooms in D.C., and they found that there were only five public restrooms in D.C., but there were only three that were open 24-7. I mean, to me, I'm no expert on this topic, but that does not seem like enough. I mean, that sounds like a line miles long and a messy situation. Yes. And it's not just here in D.C. I think it's it's nationwide. It's in the U.S. So um, QS Supplies, which is a toilet <laughs> supplies company in the U.K., did a study and they found that there are only eight public toilets per 100,000 people in the U.S. Wow. So we are, we're number 30th in the list. We are on par with um, like the Netherlands and Botswana. By comparison, you know, there are 56 public toilets per 100 people in Iceland. Wow. And I think right now, you know, the status quo is, you know, if you have to go to the restroom, you find the nearest Starbucks, you find the nearest local business that's kind of, you know, selling something, you buy maybe the cheapest thing, and then you use the restroom. Why does that status quo not work in the eyes of Jessica at Throne Labs? Jessica said that retail bathrooms have become public toilets in in the U.S. There's sort of an expectation that when you go into a business to use their bathrooms, you know, you have to buy something, mm. you know. But it becomes a problem if you don't have that extra money to buy that something and all you need to do is go to the bathroom. Right. So it's a matter of like, you know, if a person experiencing homelessness needs to go to the bathroom and enters a business, sure, it may not say that you have to buy or it's for customers only. But, you know, there's that sort of shame that you're going to use their bathroom and, you know, you're using a service that they provide and you're not paying for it. And there are, you know, certain sectors of our community that really need restrooms that like the restrooms aren't really built in. I think, you know, for us here at WTOP, we have restrooms in the newsrooms and that's like, okay, we're set. But if you're an Uber driver, you know, if you're delivering Amazon packages, if you're 
you know, expecting mother that's going on a walk, you know, out in your community. There are some people that just need more access to restrooms. Did Jessica talk at all about that in particular? Yes. So they did a study. One of the first things that Throne did um, when they were looking into the, you know, their business is that they, they asked rideshare drivers and delivery people what they did to go to the bathroom. And Jessica told a story about a rideshare driver was keeping a tie so he could kind of blend in when, and go into hotels when he dropped people off. The pee bottle <laughs> is actually something that came up quite a lot as a potential strategy, which is not hygienic. And you, you know, you don't want to get in an Uber or a Lyft and see a, a yellow, uh, a bottle with yellow liquid rolling around the, <laughs> the car. That's not sanitary. Yeah. Nor is it dignified, I think, mm. to, to have to, to do that. And so you mentioned, you know, Throne Labs is a business. It's a startup here in D.C. How are they looking to solve this problem? They create bathrooms that are easy to install, easy to to put in, that will connect to the water and the sewer line. So when you go inside, you really feel like you're in an inside bathroom with a flushing toilet, running water sink to wash your hands. And they're clean bathrooms. Sometimes some of them even have like decoration inside or an outside that, you know, will be available to anybody whenever they need to go. And so is this kind of like a porter potty deal where I walk up, and I just like knock on the door and then I walk in or? It's a little bit different because one of the things that they have to look at is how to make sure that the bathroom stay clean mm. and they, they want to be able to, to make sure that bathrooms are being used for going to the bathroom. So you can't just go in, you have to get a code to get in and you can do that by scanning a QR code that's outside or texting a number and then once you get the code, you go into the bathroom. And that's sort of their way of making sure that the bathrooms remain clean. The bathrooms are being used for bathroom purposes. Right, right. And, you know, this is a business. It's a startup. And I read in your story that it costs like around half a million to a million dollars for these bathrooms. So, you know, is there money, public funds that could be dedicated to really buying these restrooms and making them ubiquitous in this D.C. area? Yes. So I don't know if it's going to be this type of bathroom, but there is a movement to make sure that there are more public bathrooms in the area. In 2019, there was DC passed the Public Restroom Facilities Installation and Promotion Act, which went into effect in 2019. And this established a group that would look at other places where you could put a public bathroom. The possible locations are Union Station, DuPont Circle, and Starburst Plaza. Mm. And so it looks like there is potential here where there could be more restrooms here in D.C. soon. Currently, like Throne has put in bathrooms at the Georgetown Market. They put in in places where there are businesses around. Um, there's one at the Navy Yard. They call It's the Public Art Throne. Oh, wow bathroom that you know that's decorated outside and they uh, jessica said that in 2023 they're going to roll out a introduce a ada accessible throne bathroom that's sort of in the works Mm. well for a subject that's kind of comical but also very serious it looks like there's a lot happening in this world coming up after the break abigail and i are going to talk about an event you can actually go to november 19th this saturday at a comedy club stick around 
Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, Abigail is sticking around to tell us about this event regarding poop here in D.C., November 19th. Abigail, what is it? Well, it's called Lou Aid, and it is produced by the Poop Project uh, and Throne Labs and Grief Cat, which is a musical duo. Mm. And it's they call it a crap-tastical, which I think is a turn <laughs> of phrase. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, musical, craptastical, and um, it's going to have comedy, music, and the proceeds are going to go to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. And it's at the Comedy Loft on Saturday. Wow. So, you know, if you've listened to this episode and you're like, I still can't get enough of this darn poop topic, you can go to an event uh, this Saturday and uh, laugh a little more. Abigail, thanks for coming on the show and um, really breaching this subject with us. Thanks for having me, Luke. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download Podcast. We're brought to you by Steamfitters, local 602. And our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. You can also find us on social media and also dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download Podcast is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday.